What's up, guys? From the heart of Montana, this is Carroll College's student podcast. Big, Big Sky, Sky, Small World. We're a little bit off. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, and welcome back to another segment of Three Guys, Four Mics. I'm Guillermo with Mason. Johnny won't be joining us today, but uh, we've got a special guest, Daniel Sally. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. This is awesome. So I appreciate you guys inviting me to be in here today. Yeah, for sure. So... For you guys that are listening, so first off, we're, we're going to have Daniel talk about boys and women's Carroll basketball, and then afterwards, uh, we'll have Lorenzo Soborensky on for a little fun segment uh, later today. For now, Mason, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Daniel, if you would like, could you tell us a little about what you do around here and just about yourself? Yeah, so I actually uh, went to Carroll and graduated in 2019. I was a comm major, so... Uh, Alan Hansen, who's been helping you guys with this, he was one of my teachers and my advisor through college. And then uh, I was fortunate enough to get a job in Helena working for the Montana Radio Company when I graduated. Um, started out doing a few different odds and ends things over there, as well as uh, covering Capitol High football and basketball. And then I was lucky enough the fall, really more so November after I graduated, to get the uh, Carroll play-by-play radio job. Um, so I've been doing that since the 2019-2020 basketball season. Um, then didn't play football in 2020, but the 2020-2021 uh, basketball season, that spring football season last year into this year, football and basketball. So uh, three basketball seasons now under my belt, two football seasons on the radio. And last February, I also got hired as the sports information director. So it's pretty cool because when I was a student, I worked in the department under the sports information director. So to do that job now is a pretty neat experience. It's, it can be a lot sometimes working in college athletics, but it's kind of a it's a grind that you embrace. It's it's fun being a part of something like that. Yeah. What were some of the things that you did when you were still at Carroll with the department? Uh, well, I, I kind of did a mixed bag of stuff. It started out uh, when I was a freshman. You know, broadcasting is something I wanted to do for as long as I can remember, and. Um, the SID and the AD at the time, I got connected with them through a friend, and um, I actually would step in and do broadcasts on our YouTube stream. I'd sit up in the nosebleeds in the PE center. I had a little microphone that you clipped to your collar, plugged right into the camera, and would, would call those games. So I did that. Um, I'd do stats and different game day operation jobs for soccer games, basketball games, softball games, football games. Um, really whatever they needed every once in a while I'd go down in the office but it was a lot of uh, game day operations side type jobs mainly working the stack computer or serving as a PA announcer as well. Yeah, what was some of the things that were going through your mind the first time that you mic'd up for a broadcast? You know I, I, I really didn't have a lot of time to think about it it kind of happened really fast one day I got a call from my friend, he was he was a guy who played here at Carroll, played football in the 2000s and was living in Helena. And he's like, hey, um, I'm up at the soccer game. Um, come meet the sports information director. Of course, at that time, I'm 18 years old. I don't know what a sports information director is. Mm-hmm. Of course, now I have a much better understanding oh, yeah, of that sure. since <laughs> it's my job. So, uh, you know, obviously that's the hope. But And then helped out with some soccer that day. Ended up getting thrown into a preseason basketball game like the next day. And then that Saturday, I ended up, or maybe it was the week later, they were like, hey, we need someone to do color on our stream for the football game against Tech. Luckily, I knew a lot about our football team. My older brother played here, and, you know, I got a game notes packet and studied it all up the night before. But it happened really fast. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there there wasn't a a large chance for things to go through my head. Like you just mentioned, it, it was just kind of something oh, I was confident in it. I was able to step right in and 
I thought I did a decent job given the circumstances, but it, it went pretty smoothly. Guillermo, do you got anything you want to ask? Who who won that game? That's what I want to know. Who won that game? Um, that first game. It was it was an ugly one. We Carol got beat that day pretty bad, so that that wasn't great. And you know, you really find out true colors in broadcasting when the score gets lopsided, mm-hmm. because there's a lot more time to kill on the radio or on a YouTube stream on TV, wherever it is. Uh, because once it's not an even score and one team is leading the other by a sizable gap, well, people are a little less interested on what's happening in the field, especially if it's the Carroll audience. They know what's going on, so then it turns into a little more of a dialogue. So it, it, was, it wasn't super pleasant uh, being a Carroll fan and being a Carroll student at the time, but we'll, we can just leave it at that. All right, perfect. That's all I needed. Yeah. I mean, speaking about sizable gaps, you know, the boys and women's basketball team haven't really had a lot of those unless they're on the winning side these last couple of years. So you want to talk a little bit about, let's start first with the men's season, how this last year went. Well, you know, it, it was an incredible year. And just to start things out, I don't know. I think a lot of people are realizing it and have over the course of these last four years. But we are incredibly lucky to have Kurt Paulson as our head basketball coach. He's a Carroll guy. He's a Carroll grad. He played here. And he is such a good basketball coach. I mean, being in the building, one thing I've learned from, well, since I got hired on as the SID is you see inside the walls of the PE Center every day how hard that guy works. And it spans from X's and O's to recruiting and everything in between. Everything it takes to run a college basketball program, he puts everything he has into it. And it shows when you watch them play. And, you know, those guys, they go out there and they play so hard. They're so sound defensively. They got so many guys who can score it. And these guys, they show up and they're ready. It doesn't. It could be anyone on any given night to show up in that arena whether the crowd's big or small, and hit the shot when it needs or when they need to most. So it, it's it's pretty impressive, the program they're running right now over there, and it, it's really just a well-oiled machine. It's been fun to cover. Yeah, it, and I'd say I'd agree with that too. I mean, I've been in the PE Center a little bit myself over the last year and a half or two, and there you, you kind of see all those guys working and working hard, and it's really inspiring to see the passion that Coach puts out there on the court on a game. Yeah, I mean, every he's, game he's so focused. He's mm-hmm. just so focused, and – he wants to win, and that's what he does. I mean, fastest coach in program history to 100 wins this year. I think he's now 101 and 30 or 101 and 31 all time since we hired him. So we're happy to have him, and it's it's just been fun watching how he's transformed the program over the last few seasons. How how long has he been the coach here? So his first year was the 2018-2019 season, and before we hired him, we had a guy named Carson Cunningham who also did a really good job. You know, he inherited a program that had come off a couple of tough seasons, and I think it was pretty slow out of the gate his first year. And then by, I think, his third year, that was when I came in as a freshman, and he had turned it into a powerhouse. They went to, I think, his last four years or last three years, they went to the national tournament before he left for another job, and that's when we hired Kurt. Gary Turcott, who's my mm-hmm. radio partner, he was the basketball coach for about 20 years. He was the one who yeah. coached Kurt, and he's still around. Um, they, they had a lot of success under him, and then there was a gap there where it wasn't – there was just a couple of down seasons, and then when Carson mm-hmm. took over, he built it up, and then Kurt's just ran with yeah. it. Yeah, so do you think after, you know, this year, obviously – I don't want to say disappointing end of the season for the guys, but after looking back, you know, you can't get mad at making the national tournament. So what No, and it was that? such a big deal to be able to host national tournament games here. You know, the NAIA, so in basketball, the NAIA used to have Division One and Division Two. A couple years ago, they combined them. 
So last year they were going to go to a 64-team field. With COVID, they ended up shortening it to 48. So they did opening round pods like they did this year, but they were pods of three instead of four, and there was less of them, you know. This year is the first year of them doing a full 64-team field. We got the bid to host for an opening weekend, and, I mean, that's just a huge deal in, in any level to be able to have to put something on like that. And it's also a testament to the success you have on the court. It's a testament to the athletic department, the facility we have, the crowd we draw here in Helena, and the team we put out on the court. All those things kind of come into play. And for that to coincide with our guys – going on a nice run, being regular season conference champs, and then qualifying for the national tournament, like you said. I mean, it's a it's really big deal. Since we just kind of touched a little bit towards the end of the season, what's what do you think the future of this program is? I mean... Well, it's incredibly bright. I mean, they, they have a lot coming back already next year. Of course, you lose some really talented seniors, and that's always tough for any program, any sport. But... They've done a really nice job filling the cupboard with some really good players. Some guys that we haven't seen yet, some guys that we saw a little bit at the end of the season. You know, when we had those national tournament games a couple weeks ago, we had some guys, some freshmen, really step up and play some big minutes. And Coach Paulson, like I said, he does a really nice job recruiting. He's going to have guys ready. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys know who Braden Cook yeah, is from Capitol High, but he's, he's signed on. He was Gatorade Player of the Year in Montana, just a rock star as well. So I know they're really excited about him. And you know, a lot of the recruiting gets done starting now, going through mm-hmm. the summertime, spring into summer. They'll, they'll be able to bring some guys in as well. Plus, we got a great coach, and now there's a culture established. You know, there's always a transition period when there's a new coach. They come in, cement themselves, and now now you're working towards what they call the golden years. So now he's, he's built a foundation, and a lot of things are going to take care of them, themselves, but we do a good job recruiting, and you combine that with the guys we have coming back. I know Andrew Cook and Garrett Long were two guys who were freshmen this year mm-hmm. played great, and guys like Johnny Hillman and Brendan Temple are back next year as well. There, there's a lot to be excited about. So let me ask you about the the culture that they're building in the program. So when you say culture, do you mean like winning culture, or are we talking about team relations culture? What What's that culture and that foundation looking like this? Well, this I, I, I think all those things kind of go hand in hand because – in, in order to win, there's certain things you have to do right. And it starts with team chemistry, like you said. That's super important. You know, these guys, they work together. They work hard all year. It's, it's not always easy. But that being said, when everyone's bought in, then everyone's going through those same struggles together. It's a team effort. That usually leads to winning. So that's, I feel like that's kind of where culture comes from. And, you know, I only understand so much of it because – I'm not in those practices every day and I'm not in those meetings and I'm not out on the court, but it, you can tell there's, there's a lot of good camaraderie with, with the guys, the coaches believe in them. They believe in the coaches. It all kinds of go kind of goes hand in hand. You take that combined with the talent and athleticism of the guys on the court. It takes care of itself when it comes to winning basketball. I just think we're really lucky to have the program that we do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been fun seeing the crowds they've been drawing. You know, the people of Helena have really shown out, and the Carroll students down the stretch of the season through some of the big games really showed up as well. And those guys deserve it. They've, they've worked to earn that, earn that support from everybody. They're good people. They're good students. They're good basketball players. So it's it just when the program is clicking the way it is right now, it makes it so much more fun for people like me to be a part of it and to be mm-hmm. able to cover them. I mean, it's just 
constant complimenting almost just when you get to talk about that that group our coaches our players so I mean that, that's kind of all I really have to say about our men's team it's just such a solid program it's on such a good foundation and it makes it more fun to be around so uh now let's kind of get into the women's basketball what do you think about this last season and just kind of the things that you've noticed and seen well, it's, it was a really special team, and to be able with the COVID year to bring our four seniors back for an extra run, that was awesome. And I, Coach Sayers has told me a number of times that she's really proud of that um, from a program standpoint to be able to bring those four seniors back, have them stay here. They've already accomplished so much, and they want to they wanna keep playing, and they want to keep playing for Carroll. So that, that was awesome to, to be around this year, to watch those girls come back. I mean, they've done so much for the Carroll basketball program. You combine that with the rest of the team. They're just a really fun group. And all the things I said about Coach Paulson hold true with Coach Sayers. Coach Sayers has been here, I think this is her 11th season. And, again, just runs such a fine program. It's so many things that are bigger than basketball with her. You know, she's, she's so important with the development of young adults and, you know, she's such an ambassador for the game of basketball and women's basketball in particular. And again, makes a program or runs a program that's really easy to root for. And it's contagious. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you watch one of their games, you watch one of our men's games. It's not going to be the last one. You're going to want to come back. You're mm-hmm. going to want to watch them again. And that's top to bottom. That starts at the coaches and it trickles down to the players. They're a fun group to root for. And I mean, it's it's no coincidence that they have the levels of success they have. They're they're such a fun team. Yeah, and I can agree with that too. You know, when you go to one game, you're just not going to go for that one game because you know, last year I didn't get a chance to go to any of the basketball mm-hmm. games at all. But this year I went to one halfway through the season. It's like, well, I want to keep going to these games because these guys are really fun to watch. Yeah, and it's it goes beyond them being a good team on the court, and they play in sync with each other. They have some serious talent on that team. They're really sound defensively. They work really hard. They're good teammates to each other. But they're, once again, they're good people. And, you know, you learn when you cover a team like that and you start spending a little more time around them. And I'm sure, as you guys know, seeing them around school, they're just pleasant people to be around. And so you see that side of them. Then you see them on the court. And there's there's nothing not to like about it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, this year... Would you agree that this team was a pretty deep team for the most part? Oh yeah, yeah, and real deep. They they brought back their they brought back their seniors. They had players like Jamie Pickens and Camden Hillborn and Sienna Swanick who aren't seniors yet, but they've kind of gone from being younger pieces of the team to being veterans. And Coach Sayers did a nice job bringing in some good recruits. Um, Addie Ekstrom was a freshman who came in and played a lot this year and did a really nice job. I'd say. You know, they, they did a nice job coming off the bench, and sometimes they'd take their starters out of the game and have that second unit out there, and they wouldn't miss a beat, especially on the defensive end. They're just very disciplined. And that's, like, you know, some of the best teams that go on and win championships. They have that bench that can come in, and they can put in the same amount of production as the starters just about. And Exactly. And, you know, it, it's it's hard to establish that kind of depth, but – it really takes a group of players that's willing to buy in because once you get a team that has that much talent, you come from the high school level, and most of these players who come in were probably one of the two or three best players on their high school teams. You show up to college, everyone was one of the two yeah. or three best players on their high school teams. A lot of players that come off our bench could go start at other schools in our conference and in the country. Um, a lot of players that do start but maybe don't have as dominant of a scoring role could probably go out for another team and get you 20 a night. 
but everyone's bought in. Everyone's working mm-hmm. together. They want to be a part of this team. They want to be a part of this culture, working towards one goal, playing for this coach. So it takes a lot. There's a lot that goes into that, but it's it's on the players for buying in, mm-hmm. and that's what leads to the depth is willingness to accept different roles and check different boxes because there's so much that goes into winning a basketball game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, going off of that too, like you mentioned, four seniors on the team. How do you see the the foundation staying solid going forward? Do you see that same golden opportunity that you see with the men's basketball? How how, how does that look for you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I know uh, Coach Sayers, I think, already has seven or eight players signed for next wow. season to come in as freshmen. And you lose four players. Two of them are starters. Two of them are key pieces, pieces off the bench. There's a couple girls that redshirted this year who can really play, and, and they're going to have bright futures. And there's a couple other players who were playing this year who are going to be ready to step into bigger roles. And when you still have Camden Hillborn, Sienna Swanick, Jamie Pickens coming back, that foundation is there. And then it comes down to figuring out the rest. And they, they're going to have a lot of different options between who we already have on the roster and here at Carroll and who we're going to bring in from elsewhere coming in as freshmen next, next fall. In terms of transfers, do you know or see any transfers coming by to Carroll to take, no. a, take a chance? Yeah, I I haven't heard anything for this year. I know um, Camden and Jamie came in from Camden, went to Montana State. Jamie went to U of M, and they came in. Um, Other than that, we haven't brought in a lot of them on our basketball teams over the last few years, at least off the top of my head. So I haven't heard anything, and who knows? Maybe maybe the opportunity will present itself. I'm I'm not really sure. You know, the season just ended. You know, usually this stuff takes takes some time to kind of unfold. Players have their exit meetings with their coaches around different programs, but I, you know, I haven't heard anything about if anyone's looking into it or if we're going to have any visits or anything like that. So now kind of want to talk more about you as a Carroll alumni and what it's like seeing all these programs starting to flourish after you've, you know, you've been here, you saw all the programs when you were here and now that you've graduated and now you're working and seeing all these teams, what you think about that? Yeah, well, it's it's really cool to be able to, um, you know, you go to a school and have such a great experience like I did. It's cool to be able to even come close to trying to repay that and to be able to work at that school and work in the department. You know, I, I gained a lot from, from a career standpoint, working as a student in the athletic department and now having the opportunity to be there. You know, I knew when you get into a field like broadcasting, you're going to have to start in some sort of small market. You know, it's not like you graduate college and turn around the next day you're working for an NFL team. It doesn't work that way. So I knew I was probably going to have to start out in a, in a smaller market. And the opportunity came up to, for, to have it be in Helena. And that was great. I mean, it's just so nice from a sense of familiarity to be able to be here. You know, I've lived here now for, I guess, almost seven years. So to be a graduate of the school, to live in this city that I'm so familiar with, to be able to work with a lot of the coaches who have been here since when I was a student, it, it, it makes life a lot easier. And it's cool to see just all the different programs, like you said. I mean, I think across the board, we do a really good job. We're lucky to have the coaches that we do because they go out and they bring in the athletes that we get. And I mean, the student athletes here on campus, they're part of what makes this school so great. I mean, they're so good in the classroom. They're so good on the field, on the court, whatever it may be. So, you know, it, it's just really, really awesome to to see all the different aspects of an athletic department and with the school, with the student-athletes, it, it, it's special. And, you know, to go off of that, as a student right now, one of the best, I guess, aspects that I've gotten to, to experience here, Carol, is being part of that fan base for those teams. 
how do you see the student section play play a role in uh, the participation and like how active is the team because of that fan base? Well, I know uh, I know they love it. I mean, football is a sport that we've always drawn well for as long as I can remember. But I know in the department we really put an emphasis on a couple of those games this season to get a big draw, and it was just awesome to see especially those senior night games when we played Montana Tech a few weeks ago and both teams won and we were celebrating such good groups of seniors on both teams and we really tried to emphasize throughout the week getting the word out on that you know wear white show up be loud you know Dr. Sex taking care of pizza for the students you know you, you get those things all combined and to have the students answer that call and to show up the way they did it's a rivalry game it's senior night you know emotions run high in those kind of games not just rivalry games but also senior nights so you combine those two things there's a lot going on there and coach Sayers came on after the game with me uh, that night and just kind of explained that this is part of what makes Carol so special is to be able to do things like this to get that support and it was just such a wholesome experience all around. I mean, that's some of the most fun I've ever had at a Carroll basketball game. And I'm sitting at the scores table. You know, I'm not bouncing around the student section, but you you pick that up. It creates an extra buzz in the arena. And when you're the home team, it plays in your favor it, it, exponential amounts. I mean, our guys came out so fired up in that game. They won that game by double digits. So it, it definitely plays. And I think that's one of those moments, us as students, that was one of the most exciting moments that I've gotten to experience at a basketball game. I had so much fun, and I know probably a lot of other students, they felt that energy just watching all the players on the court, you know. It was a lot of fun, and I'm sure, like, as an alum, does that make you excited for where Carroll is going in terms of creating this strong fan base? Yeah, you know, I think we've always had a strong fan base not only with the students, but with the community of Helena, you know, part of working in the department, I get to meet some people, um, you know, the last couple of years and some people that even come into the office, come into the PE center as much as every day, or they come to all the games, they, they support all the teams. And to be able to expand that even further, especially with the student body, I think is important. And it's sort of a domino effect. You know, you talked about how that was a cool experience for you guys. Well, someone comes into Carroll, they're a freshman, and they hear everyone's going to the basketball game. They go to, with a group of their friends to a basketball game, and there's that many people there, and that's the product we get on the court. And it's loud, and it's fun, and everyone's shouting, and it's just really good energy. And if you're a student and you experience that, you want to keep doing it. Then freshmen come in next year. They get the word from their sophomores, hey, Come watch our basketball team. Come get loud. Come support them. Make some noise, whatever it takes. And it spreads that way. I think this basketball season was big from that standpoint. Yeah, and it's really cool, you know, how you talk about how you always have fans from around the community coming in and stuff. And I'm assuming and kind of know that a lot of those people are former Carroll alums themselves. I think it'd be kind of cool, and it's going to be cool that we have people keep graduating that will still come back and support the school that the way that it's been for the last – 50 years so yeah I mean it, it all goes back to the experience you get when if you're a student if you're an alumni when you are a student that experience is so important you know I met some of my best friends I'm ever going to have in my life at Carroll I had some really good teachers I got to work in the department with some really good coaches I remember one summer I was working at the front desk and at the at the PE center and our women's basketball team was hosting a camp and coach Sayers came in and handed me a breakfast sandwich I mean it's just when you get treated that way and have that kind of experience, you get good work done in the classroom, you have such a rigorously or academically rigorous um, schedule, 
and you pull through that, it sets you up for such a successful life. Then you get out of college, you're like, I kind of miss Carol. Well, if you're still in Helena, there's a chance to support it. Mm -hmm. A lot of that stems from our sports teams or, you know, coming by to visit your old professors, whatever it may be. I think it all comes from the experience you have as a student. Speaking of that experience, favorite professor? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. You know, I, I really enjoyed all all my comm professors. Um, you know, those are the ones I spent the most time with, had the most classes with. Um, I also had a minor in history. I really loved uh, Dr. Cash and Dr. Fergulia. I'm sorry, I, should, I think I should call her Jeanette. I think that's what she told us to call her in <laughs> class. But she was the real deal. Dr. Cash was the real deal. I really enjoyed having class with Charlotte Jones. Um, Charlotte Jones, I don't know if you guys have ever yeah, had her as a teacher. She's great. But she, she taught me a lot of things that I was able to take with me beyond the classroom. And she was also just really good energy. Anytime I went in there for class, she was always excited. Um, she was never putting people down. She was always kind of a pick-me-up teacher. And her classes were always right in the middle of the day. So you get done with morning class, you're kind of tired, maybe go eat lunch. And it's easy to kind of run out of gas. But you walk in at, I think I used to have her classes often 11 to 12, 15. You walk right in there and there's Charlotte fired up, greeting you at the door. Um, she she was one of my favorites. And Brent Northup, I thought his classes were super insightful. I think he really challenges his students to think, to think deeply. And there's so much growing that's a, a human experiences from the ages of 18 to 22 when they're in college. So I thought Brent Northup's classes were always really good for me. He did a lot of journaling in those. So it was good for me to sit down somewhere in quiet, clear my head, and really think, put those thoughts into words. And basically all my comm professors, they, they took really good care of me. So I appreciated them for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. And before we uh, let you go, we have uh, one very important question it, to it ask. It might be the most important the question that you have answered this whole. Yeah, so uh, if you had to choose in a cage fight, a silverback gorilla or a grizzly bear, who would win? I'd probably go with the grizzly bear. Not well, for any reason in particular. Okay. I'm just horrified of them. Okay, that's fair. That's uh, fair. I mean, I think it's a good fight. I'd probably pay to watch, but... Yeah, I, I lean the grizzly bear. I just, those things, they, they scare the bejesus out of me. So Perfect. Yeah. I mean, we could let you commentate that match. Yeah, yeah I could do that. I could do that. I'll <laughs> call up Coach Turcotte. He'll, he'll come off for some uh, analysis as well, and we could put out a pretty good product. I bet it would sell. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, that's been a discussion on campus here for the last semester and a half. So I thought you guys were going to ask me who I picked to win my March Madness bracket. Well, oh, I guess that's oh, a question. Yeah, that's a great question, too. I didn't too. pick Iowa. <laughs> yeah, hey, all right, all right. Right. We don't want to talk about our brackets <laughs> last week, huh? <laughs> hey, it's one of the hardest things to do it in is. sports is fill out that bracket. It it's is. fun, but it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So who'd you got? Arizona. Arizona. That's Arizona. a fair pick. Yeah, yeah I, fair I don't pick. watch as much college basketball as I used to. I mean, with my job being so much revolving around covering college basketball, I put a lot of time into that. So it doesn't allow me a lot of time to watch. So it, I end up just usually picking coaches that I really like or any maybe a team that mm -hmm. I caught a couple minutes of at some point. And Tommy Lloyd's the real deal. So I, yeah. I went with Arizona. So when did you lose your bracket? When did I lose my bracket? Wh when, when, did did, bust? when did the bust occur? Um, I will you know, it's, it's not too bad right now, actually. Uh, I had Baylor going really deep, so that, that hurt. But I still have three, three Final Four teams in. Oh, nice. So, so that, I, I looked at it, I think I got about half the Sweet 16, and also I have chance to get half the Elite Eight. Okay. So a lot of the teams I have that aren't in the Sweet 16, I also had going to the Elite Eight, like Kentucky. Um, but, hey, I, uh, 
I was real high on Providence, and uh, I got them in the Final Four. So hopefully that can come true. That might uh, help me go far in some of these bracket pools I'm in. I think I'd hopeful. like to see a bit of a St. Peter's around the. Hey, I'm not gonna lie, that'd you know, be kind of that, fun. That's how it goes. Once your bracket gets busted, you, you start just rooting for the underdog. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the process of the tournament every oh, year. Yeah. yeah, for sure. We should have changed our mindset. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> All right, well, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on, Three Guys, Four Mics. Uh, thank you so much for all your insight on the basketball and, of course, as being a student here at Carroll, uh, former student here at Carroll, it's awesome to hear about your experience. Yeah, I think this is great that you guys have this opportunity to do this. I think it's really cool, and it's, it's just another thing you can do uh, to help fill your bucket when you're mm-hmm. a student. Uh, extracurricular activities just like this to keep you involved, and it, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, so sure. uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I appreciate sure. it. Yeah, and we'd love to have you on again, you know, talk football, soccer, softball, whatever you want. So <laughs> Hey, just just uh, you know how to get a hold of me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Talk to, talk to Alan Hansen and have him reach out, and uh, I'm more than happy to anytime. I like doing this kind of stuff. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you very much. All right, and we're back with three guys, four mics. Once again, Johnny won't be able to join us. Um, but before Lorenzo joins, uh, Mason has something to address that I think I can stand with him on. Um, go for it, dude. You know, uh, I realized last week I talked about how there were so many of these hot teams in the tournament of March Madness that didn't go far. And, uh, you know, all I got to say is everybody makes mistakes, you know. So, I don't know if, Guillermo, you got anything to add on to that about it. But Yeah, no, for uh, for anyone who based their brackets off of ours, I am so sorry. Um, Which I doubt there's very many because I think a lot yeah. of Gonzaga fans listened in, so. Yeah, and we we were mean to Johnny probably. Yeah, but, hey, you know, I'm going to start spreading this now. There's a bet that's been made between me, my, uh, Jack Snowart and myself that if Gonzaga wins the national championship, he'll cut his hair. Now, I don't know if I want Gonzaga to win that badly, but that's the bet that was made. So. Wait, does that mean you cut your hair too or just Jack? No, just Jack. Oh, wow. I've made a very good bet, I think. No, that's that's solid. I, I don't think that's lose reasonable. anything in this bet. But no, that's, yeah. a, that's a good one. But, yeah, wow. so, you know, just put that out there. You know, brackets are hard to fill out. And I know I said there were some hot teams in the tournament and – Already out, but here we are. Michigan, though. Michigan, again, like I said, I think last week I was like, they're they're a team with history, and they beat Tennessee. Three seed and 11 seed, and now they're in the... That that was a real big surprise to me, too, because I wasn't expecting, obviously, Michigan to go this far at all in the bracket, but... Yeah, and I mean, just looking at my bracket, like I was telling you, all of my ones on the west and south side, I think... Apart from Loyola and Tennessee, they're the only two teams that I didn't get. So accuracy on that side, plus points for me. St. Yeah. Peter's? St. Peter's, dude. I'm looking forward to seeing What's those guys play here? again. Yeah. It's, really looking forward to that. We got another Loyola-Chicago moment. Oh, yeah. They're going against Purdue. Though. I mean, but they're a 15 seed, though. There's they only are. been three other teams that have gone this far as a 15 seed. Right. Or so. two other teams. They're the third, but... We talked about this last week, I think. I don't remember what teams we I don't said either. Or the other but, ones. yeah, I'm really looking forward to St. Peter's. They've been playing good basketball, and, you know, truthfully, I think I'm rooting for them. Obviously, it's hard not to root for the underdog, but. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, Miami, too, beating Auburn, two seed versus ten seed. That that was also, I don't think I've told you, but I always choose Miami uh, to make it a little further than normal just because that was one of the schools, one of my top schools that I was looking at. Same with Texas Tech, like another top school mm-hmm. I was looking at. So I always root for them. Um, but for Miami to make it this far, that was something I was not expecting, Ex- especially putting them up against Auburn. It was um, oh yeah, for sure. Interesting. I mean, Auburn was one of those 
other teams that looked really good coming in. Yeah. But I guess, you know, like Sally said, once you have a 64-team one single-game elimination, anything can happen, and here we are with some of the craziest upsets we've seen in a couple of years. So Yeah, man, crazy. But, yeah, all right, so Lorenzo's not here yet. But, but we'll start off. We'll start off. Yeah. So you obviously know what you're going to say. Oh, for sure, and I know you do too. Yeah, it's – so for those of you who don't know, Lorenzo Sobereski, I think I'm saying his last name completely wrong. We'll but, ask um, him when he gets here. Yeah, we'll ask him. He got very defensive when this argument got brought up uh, almost a year ago now, and um, everybody kept going after him because he kept saying, no, the Grizzly wins, the Grizzly wins. And um, it got to the point where I believe he was making a PowerPoint, uh, a whole presentation for us. But, dude, I don't think I can root for the Grizzly. I just can't. Like, I, I physically can't. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think a gorilla grizzly. wins the fight. I just don't see any argument. Well, there's obviously an argument for Grizzly Bear, and I don't know if it's just me wanting to root for the underdog like always, but I just really like a gorilla in a matchup versus a, gr- a bear. So lengthwise, height-wise. Oh, gr- Grizzly's got it. Grizzly's got it. They're almost 8 feet tall or something like that. Yeah, they're 8 uh, feet tall, and uh, I think an average Grizzly Bear weighs around 350 to 400 pounds. So silverback gorilla. Um, they got like 5'10". 6 feet. Yeah, almost. Um, they weigh about the same, but and again, we'll bring this up with Lorenzo. But they've got fingers, dude. And gorillas, they got muscles. They've got muscles. They've got brain. I mean, like, yeah, grizzly grizzly bears are really smart too. And I guess you can make the argument that they're fast. But can, can I think a grizzly bear pick up a bat? No, exactly. But and then he's gonna. But Lorenzo's probably gonna bring up the argument of: Is there gonna be weapons in this fight? You can't argue no because it depends how we do it, right? But if we were to put him in a cage fight, let's say we just put some grass out there too, and the gorilla will find a way. Also, it's a cage fight. Gorillas can climb. Grizzlies cannot. It's true. Grizzlies would do a lot better in open space. So I don't know, man. I I think it's just you know a grizzly swinging is not fast enough to get a gorilla a gorilla. I think a gorilla would dodge it, and I think they would come back with something else. But then that other argument is, oh, are they training UFC? Well, in his other argument, too, uh, grizzlies have some of the thickest skulls on the planet. Yeah, which is fair. But, I mean, for those of you listening, for I mean, I know uh, Guillermo kind of prefaced with this, but there's been for probably about, what would you say, all of last semester just about and all of this semester, this argument's been happening been uh, being made around campus is a gorilla versus a grizzly bear. And truthfully, I've experienced not quite 50-50. I'd say it's 60-40 towards the gorilla. So Yeah, um, I was just looking some stuff up. Apparently they had a, a silverback gorilla do some bench pressing. Um, 4,000 pounds. <laughs> 4,000. A gorilla or a grizzly bear can't do that. No. Because they don't have fingers. Exactly. Exactly. Or opposable thumbs, I guess, rather. They kind of have fingers. but Well, yeah. Or but whatever you want. Claws, if you will. No, they've got claws. And I think that'll be another thing Lorenzo brings up pretty... Uh, that'll probably be his first argument, mm-hmm. which I think we've got him on. It'll it'll be more of the, once he gets super serious about it, how is that going to look? Sort yeah, for of thing. sure. I don't know, man. I got to go with Grizzly. Or... Gorilla. Gorilla. It's hard I, with the two Gs. Yeah. I don't think I can change my mind. I know... Who 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 suggested the the bracket? Who suggested that? Oh, 
I want to say it was Sia. Okay. Suggested the bracket. Does she have Gorilla versus Grizzly? Is <laughs> the final? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. She wanted. Yeah. I think she liked the idea of doing. Give me a sec. I'm gonna pull up. I've got a marker here. Our tables are wide erase, so I'm gonna make a miniature bracket here. Let's see what I can find. Well, are we gonna, what are we gonna do for this bracket? Just different. Well, so different yeah, let's, king, let's, animal kingdom types. Yeah, let's let's have fun with this. Let's see where it takes us. Let's uh, put the gorilla on the other side of the grizzly. So, what? Let's make it a bracket of sixteen. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Okay. Number one seed on the we'll call it the jungle versus forest. Jungle versus forest. Those two kingdoms. So everything goes jungle. How many how many animals do we want to do? Let's do let's do eight on each side. Eight on each side. Okay, jungle. Okay, number gorilla. one seed. Gorilla. Grit or silverback. Yeah, silverback gorilla. Let's do number one seed on forest. Grizzly bear. Grizzly bear. Who you got at your eighth seed? Who we got My going against seed? the silverback? I'm gonna go with. What's a good jungle spider? Tarantula. But yeah, is there but something th- even? There's something even scarier than tarantulas, man. I don't know what they are, but there's something scary. I think we should just go with the tarantula because yeah. All right, let's go with silverbacks winning. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go tarantula. Uh, we won't say who's winning yet. Let's just set up the bracket first. Eighth seed on the four side. Another type of spider, probably. No. Yeah. Let's go with the oh, <laughs> let's go with oh, what's the one with the most powerful sting that that bee thing? I have no idea. Hornet wasp. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Hornet wasp at. Eighth seed against the Grizzly. And then we got our two and seven. Two and seven. All right, jungle. Who's the second most powerful? Lion. Lion. Lion? Is that valid? Fair? Yeah. All right, we'll go with lion. Two seed for the forest. A moose. Okay. A moose. I mean, a moose. an attacking moose is freaky and scary. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I've said this before. I think a moose could beat a Grizzly in a fight. Okay. All right, let's see. Seven seeds. Uh, jungle seven seed. What's a little bigger than a tarantula? Let's go with uh, let's go with some kind of snake, maybe or maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Let's go with a uh, jungle snake. Let's but go at with the a same p- time a really venomous snake. You could almost put yeah. it three. I was gonna say let's put a python at Ooh, third. I'd seed. almost put a python at seventh, and then put something like a king cobra at three. Okay, and I'd almost argue that king cobra could be a two seed. Okay, let's go with king cobra then at three, and python at seven. Mm-hmm. All right, and then. Seventh seed versus the moose. A badger. Oh, a badger can almost be oh, a three seed. Yeah, badger. Let's go with that at seventh because I've got three seed for the forest. And we're going to have, I, well, looking at birds, man, hawks are pretty freaky. I think we might actually have to be doing a first round bye with an 18 so? bracket. Yeah, let's do a first round bye. All right, so we'll give the three seed a break. We'll let the three seed go ahead with a bye week. So who do you have at three? And that's the discussion that I think we need to have right now because I think a hawk very valid, validly could be a three seed, but they could also be an eight seed. Let's think, what about a rattlesnake? Okay. Okay. Rattlesnake at a three seed gets the bye. All right. Rattlesnake. Lorenzo, welcome. Howdy. How's it going? It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, right now we're uh, making an animal bracket. Oh. Yeah. How are you deciding on the animals? 
We're just it's we're just kind of arbitrary. Jungle versus forest right now. We've got four seed and six seed. That should be all of them. Yeah. We've just got a four and six seed left to fill. Jungle four and six seed. Evenly balanced. Yeah. Take take a look at our bracket right now. Four and six. I, I feel like you kind of you jungle. have to have a feline in there. I don't know. Well, we already have a lion, but do you have? I feel like a jaguar. Yeah. Let's let's go with jaguar at number four. Okay, and let's put that against. Oh man, what's another what's another good jungle animal? Do you want more cats? Whatever, whatever you think. Because like a tiger would be the stereotypical cat. Okay. Oh, we'll tiger jaguar. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, tiger jaguar. All right. Four and six seed for forest. How about we put mm. human at six seed? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Let's put human. Are we going bear human or human with weapons? Uh, you do like caveman with spear. Yeah, let's do spear. Okay. Let's give it a human spear. with a spear. Human with spear versus uh, is there a forest cat? Mountain lion. Yeah, just go mountain lion. All right, easy. Lorenzo, we're adding you to this. Okay, so okay. I think to start off, we should just go straight for the silverback. Right, silverback beats a tarantula. A tarantula. <laughs> yeah. Is that fair? Okay. Silverback. Let's just finish the jungle bracket. Lion or python? Oh, lion versus python. I don't see. I think python. I'm taking a lion, lion too. too? Okay. I think a lion could just bite it. Yeah. All right. So we've got a one seed versus two seed. All right. Uh, then let's go. King cobra has the bye. And who will the king cobra face? Uh, jaguar or tiger? I'm taking a tiger. Versus a king cobra? No, versus a jaguar. Oh, sorry. A jaguar. I think I'm taking a tiger. Yeah, tigers are bigger. We should have thrown in like a like a panda of some sort. Just easy win, you know. <laughs> For uh, the jungle animal. So a little bit of an upset because it's a 4-6 seed. Six yeah. seed wins. So mm. that's cool. Um, forest. Grizzly beats hornet wasp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Uh, grizzly beats hornet. Moose or badger? Mm, that's a hard one. Oh, no. The yeah. moose is just stomping on it. I don't know, though. The badger would, like, be hanging on its leg, dangling <laughs> around. I don't see okay. it. Okay. Okay. Are we taking, like, a full-grown male moose? Yes. Yes. Oh, I, f- I feel like a f- if to be, like, controversial, a moose, full-grown male moose, might even be beating a grizzly. That's what I said. <laughs> I said a moose might beat a there grizzly. Yeah. If you take, like, the biggest moose in the world, they, they get, like, nearly 2,000 pounds. Well, there you go. Who would you take... Rattle, or no, Rattle's got the buy. Um, so mountain lion or human with spear? I'm taking a human. I'm taking a human too. A human can joke at a mountain lion with their bare hands. Yeah, that was a juvenile mountain lion. I don't care. Okay, there's <laughs> plenty of stories. But really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not aware. Humans beating um, a mountain lion. Yeah. I think, okay, human. All right. They've done it before. But, I, I mean, it's the, probably one of the most even fights. That's yeah, that's the most even fight of the whole bracket, I'd say. Let's go. Like on. if the mountain lion got the jump, it's so it's hard. It, the mouth is on the with neck. With the spear dead. though, I feel you like they could get their arm in front and start stabbing. I don't know. Mountain lions are so four. stealthy. I know. Yes, they are. That they are. Uh final four, silverback beats line. Easy. I agree. No doubt about it. Okay. Uh Wait, are we talking like a full grown male lion? I, I don't know how big lions get. I think it's pretty similar to probably a... Probably similar to a tiger. That's what I was saying. So, not too heavy, pretty lean. Uh, yeah. I think a silverback. Yeah, silverback. And we're saying... Oh, and we said lion beat... Or is, are we going to have tiger versus lion? So, oh no, we've got king cobra versus tiger. Yeah, lions only get to 420 pounds. So hot like take, same size hot take king cobra beats I th- lion. I think I want to take king cobra too. Over a lion? Over, over a, a lion? tiger. Over a tiger. <laughs> Sorry, I'm all mixed up. No, you're good. 
King Cobra. I'm taking a King Cobra. I think they could do it. And I'm, here's why. I'm assuming their venom's pro- venom's probably strong enough to kill it. Not only venom, but they have the fastest strike out of any snake. Oh wow. Which I don't know how fast that is cuz I don't want to find out, but <laughs> it's fast. So, King Cobra. Fair? King Cobra. Fair to say. King Cobra. Yeah, I didn't this a little bit. All right. Um I look at a tiger and I'm like a tiger's just a better mountain lion. Like those things are insane. <laughs> Fair point. Uh for sake of the segment we're going to have to go with Grizzly over a Moose, just for sake of the that's, segment. That's one of those games where it's – or games, one of those matchups where it can go either way. But See, I feel like a Grizzly – a Moose would beat a Grizzly, but I don't know if a Moose could beat a Gorilla, actually. Because we'll I get, feel like the Gorilla – How about we hold on to the Moose <laughs> and have them go through a bit of a quote-unquote consolation bracket where they'll be waiting for Sounds a good. Grizzly <laughs> Silverback. So, right. so this is completely fictional. Right. All right. So they're uh, – Moose is going to consolation. Versus, obviously, the silverback. Rattler versus I feel like human. we should put a jungle animal in the constellation, too. Let's so put a lion in the constellation bracket. All right, lion in the constellation bracket, really? too. I say oh, tiger? tiger's still in the Do heat. you think a lion? Yeah. I think a tiger could beat a lion. So I think tigers are just about better in every way. Let's go with tiger, then. Tiger. Okay, rattlesnake versus human. Human. Yeah. Yeah, that's easy. They yeah. could just poke it with the spear. Yep. I just got to grab his tail and give it a little... <laughs> All right, we got our final four for the sake of the segment. Obviously, Silverback versus Grizzly, and now we go down to the final match, cage match, keep in mind. Um, cage match? What does that mean? What, what, what are the rules they're, where they're matching up in a cage? They're matching up in a cage. Lorenzo, go ahead, start with your opening argument for Gorilla versus Grizzly. So I just want to uh, address this cage situation. How big is this cage? I didn't. I was not aware of a cage before. You know the cage in the Spider-Man movie? I actually do not. Spider-Man 1? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Guillermo, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let's say dimensions are... I say I'm, give him a football field. That's fair. Okay. Let's give him a football field football with a cage field. over top. Perfect. Okay. Football field. Fair enough. Okay, well, get the facts out there. Average grizzlies weigh in 800 pounds. Average gorilla, it says 300 to 500. Give them 400. Grizzlies double the size. Grizzlies also are uh, taller, upright. They can be up to 8 to 9 feet tall, while gorillas only 6 feet tall. Um, The grizzlies have uh, five, I believe, razor-sharp, pretty much knives on the ends of each of their hands. And larger mouth sizes with enormous teeth. Granted, the gorilla does have a stronger bite force, surprisingly, but their mouth cannot nearly get wide enough to do any damage to the bear. Okay? Some simple facts. Gorillas have fingers. And what are they going to do with those fingers, Mason? They're going to grab. And (laughs) do gorillas know how to choke people out? I bet you they could figure it out. Plus, they're not choking a person out. They're choking a grizzly bear out. Okay, and uh, I don't think they could choke a bear out through all that thick fat and fur around their neck. I think that they could do some damage. I I personally don't think the gorilla is going to be in any opportunity to have both its hands around the bear's neck strangling it. Have you ever seen Barnyard? (laughs) Yes. You know the scene where he's singing, won't back down, and all the wolves come and attack the cow? Um, No, not really. (laughs) Guillermo, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's what would happen to a grizzly, except it would just be a gorilla. Can, can you explain for Lorenzo, please? Yeah, so the this cow is getting ready to fight a bunch of wolves because the wolves have been messing with the cows and all the barn animals. 
and uh, he goes out playing the guitar, singing "Won't I Won't Back Down," and uh, he does a really good job of fighting all these wolves until they just finally bite him and claw at him so much that he can't take it anymore. And I think that's what would happen in the situation. And who has the enormous teeth and claws in our situation? Gorillas also have ginormous teeth. Yeah, but again, that mouth ain't going to get around the bear's thick fat and fur. Okay, here's another question. Who has better stamina? Better stamina? Well, I know bears can run faster. They okay. run 30 to 40 miles per hour. I don't know the stamina on either. Bears have fight their whole lives. They are like bred to kill while gorillas sit around and eat plants. But bears kind of also just chill around and just eat salmon all day. Salmon and trout. Unless and they feel endangered. And then they, they can kill some they big can, things. But they don't. So can gorillas. Have you heard of Harambe? <laughs> he didn't kill the kid. No, he did not. But he could have if he wanted to. He could have. Can someone correct me? Are, aren't gorillas primarily herbivores? We're not talking about <laughs> food choices here, okay? We're, <laughs> We're talking, talking about fighting. pure out fight. Yeah, yeah. Fully enraged, ready to kill. I think, Guillermo, now would be kind of a good time to bring up your uh, question that you asked in class the other day. Perfect. Yeah, so... For those of you that don't know, I'm on the ambassadors team, on the admissions team. Uh, I work for the gold team. And one of our segments that we do at programs where we invite incoming freshmen, we do something sort of like a would you rather sort of game. So we asked a bunch of different questions. The last question we asked was gorilla versus grizzly. 16 out of the 18 said gorilla. And there's a huge following around campus for the gorilla. We'd say it's about 60-40 for the gorilla. This is how, what I've experienced. I was hiking in Yellowstone with a large sum of people. Uh, we went with Father Mark and Shay and some other, this was my freshman year. And I asked this question and out of, I believe it was like six or seven people, the only person to agree with me was Father Mark. Now, what was Father Mark's reason? He was just kind of agreeing with what I was saying. Big claws, the gorilla doesn't have much fat on it. The claws are just going to rip it to shreds. Have you ever experienced a gorilla in the wild? No. I have also not experienced a grizzly, but I believe people have a misconception on how ferocious and large gorillas really are. And I think people have a misconception on how nice and friendly grizzlies are. And just like the fact is that people say that a grizzly would tear off a gorilla's head. And that's just not true. Oh, I, I don't think that. That's just gorilla's not true. got some thick, muscly necks. It's oh, not yeah. Gonna that's just not going to happen, which I'm glad you agree on that because I know that's been an argument that's been tried to be made. The, the thing is, how I see the fight ending, the only chance the gorilla has, if it, it get, it's got to give a full-blown big swing to the grizzly's head to knock it out. But then again, grizzlies have taken bullets straight to the head and they bounce off. And Well, I'm going to come with counter-argument. Well, not necessarily counter-argument, and I know what your argument might be for this, but I think if a bear swings at a, at a gorilla, which I think a gorilla could easily dodge, a gorilla, which you're going to say they won't have any UFC training, but I think <laughs> a gorilla can come back with an uppercut. <laughs> And do some damage. <laughs> a gorilla uppercutting. Uh, you're being serious? Uh, have they you do seen the Planet two hands of the pound Apes? Down thing. <laughs> yeah, again, Planet of the Apes, fictional movie. Do you hear about <laughs> movies of Planet of the Grizzlies? You got to think logically here. If you think about this logically, okay, one mishap by the grizzly, one false swing that the gorilla like is ever to dodge, like able to dodge, I see a prime opportunity for the grizzly or for the gorilla to say, this is my chance. Go for the head. All right. You've got those massive chonky fingers just grab by the face and just 
tear it open. Okay, that, that gorilla does not have the strength to tear a grizzly's jaw. Ah, <laughs> bringing okay. that up. There's no Did way. Did some research. It is estimated that gorillas can bench press 4,000 pounds. 4,000 4, 4, pounds. Okay, well, that's a pressing motion, not a pulling motion. All right, Damn. but you still need a lot of grip strength for that, You're right? You're welcome, Jack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I checked, Jack agreed with me. I don't care. <laughs> no, I, think he, I don't know. I think Just the kidding. first time we brought this up, he disagreed with you. We'll have, we'll yeah, have he's, he's come full circle. He's we'll have to ask circle. Jack about it. I see that it. the bear literally just biting the gorilla's fingers off if it tries to stick its hands in its mouth. I think that's one of the stupidest things the gorilla could do in this situation. Hold on, but doesn't... So a gorilla has a stronger bite force than a bear, right? Yes. So don't you Just think... Barely. Don't you think they'd be equipped to potentially limit that bite force on something that they'd be holding open? You're going to have to elaborate. I think that a gorilla is strong enough to be able to hold a bear's mouth somewhat open. I don't know how we would <laughs> check this. Um... But that also means the gorilla is going to have both its hands in its mouth, prying it open, which I don't see happening. Um, and you said, uh, going back on what you were saying earlier, the bears one false swing. The bears stay on their hind legs, and they can swing multiple times. It's not just like they get up and swing and then fall back down. But, but what if that time yeah. that it takes for the grizzly to stand up? Oh, it, it just pops right up, and it's taller than the bear. Like instant pop-up, or They're, is it like a slow progression? They, they can get up pretty quick. <laughs> We need we need video evidence of this. We'll look it up. I believe him. I, I, yeah, I believe yeah. him. For, for sake of this, I'll, I'll believe you. Yeah, it's like that's how bears fight. They just get up on their hind legs and start batting each other. I think the problem is, though, is that no, none of us have really seen a gorilla fighting. And I think a gorilla would have some pretty nasty moves. If we look at, so I, I've, I've watched some videos on how bears fight, and they get up, and they swing at each other's faces, and they bite at each other. Gorillas, the stuff I've seen from gorillas, they, they get up on their hind legs and they just swing their fists like crazy. Just start batting them. They don't know how to throw a left hook, a right uppercut, how to slip a punch. They're Sometimes just swinging. The best teams are the teams that just go and swing in. Oh, I mean, the bear's going to be swinging and it's going to be got these knives that are going to rip the gorilla's face. No, okay, so hang on. With that, let's say the grizzly swings its massive paw with its massive knives at the gorilla. I think the gorilla has the potential to dig its finger toes, its finger toes into the ground, grab that swing and just with that force bite those nails off. <laughs> Have you hey, you know, like toenail clipping? You know yeah, the, the little toenail I know I'm making a lot of movie references right now, but you know the scene at the end of Avengers Infinity War when Captain America catches Thanos' punch? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what that just reminded me of. I mean, and I if you're saying they have a dr uh, stronger strength of, you know, clenching down with their teeth, what's not to say that there's that opportunity? The and bear's declaw paw, the bear. The bear's paw is going into the mouth, ripping the gorilla's tongue out and the bottom jaw off, probably. <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't know. I don't know. I'm skeptical. Now... Let's go back to the origins of how this started. Mm -hmm. Do you recall how this all came oh, about? Joe Rogan podcast. Joe Rogan My podcast. My favorite podcast. Yeah. Um, well, no, your second favorite podcast. Oh, yeah. yes, of Thank course. You. And your favorite? granted, on the Joe Rogan podcast, everybody agreed with Bear. And he brought on professionals that also agreed with Bear. <laughs> and when you look it up, credible article, first one that pops up, Bear wins 10 out of 10 times. 
perhaps. I didn't want to bring in like professional opinions. I want to just argue <laughs> it. But if we have to go there. Now, Carol Origins though, how did how did this argument come about starting here at Carol? Oh, I w- we were bored hiking through Yellowstone and I just asked. <laughs> how'd that come how'd that how'd that come to your mind? How do you think oh, a gorilla's cool, a grizzly's bear cool, who would win in a fight? <laughs> yeah, I mean I think that's how it came up on the Joe Rogan podcast. They seem like two credible predators. Um, granted, the gorilla is not a predator because it eats plants and bugs. But um, <laughs> I was also talking with Father Mark at lunch today. and uh, Today? Yes, actually really? today. Uh, and I was telling him about this. And I was like, I'm going on a podcast. And he was like, and he was, of course, curious what we're talking about. And I was like, the thing that I'm most well-versed on. Um, and he was like, because I, I, I reminded him that he agreed with me and no one else did. And he was like, Mason needs to get smarter from my class so he can pick the right decision. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't think we talk about anything that's necessarily <laughs> close to a grizzly bear versus a gorilla, but I'll make sure I confront him tomorrow about it. Good. I'm sure he will enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. Now, one other thing that I remember coming up when this first started, did you ever make that PowerPoint presentation? Oh, I did not. Never made it. Man, I had high hopes that you were going to come in, we were going to see these slides, and, you know, maybe I would change my mind. But do you think you can still make that? If this continues and there's no viable... Oh, oh, sorry. This will continue. Every single guest that we have on the show will have to answer that question. We actually just got done talking to Daniel Sally, and we asked. And to be fair, he said Grizzly Bear. Oh, smart man. Yeah. But right now, the tallies, you know, 2-0 Grizzly Bear, you're kind of a default because we knew that you'd be a Grizzly. But but I, you guys are, like, basing this off uneducated people's opinions. I don't see why that matters. Did he just call us uneducated? Oh, the general part. You're, like, 18. How many people, like, 16 of the 18 chose? How do you know they're uneducated? <laughs> what if one of them is a gorilla expert? Well, we can verify that. But I don't um, think we can. No, I don't think we can. <laughs> in general, these people, I don't, the number of their opinions, it doesn't matter. People still have this misconception about gorillas that they're these enormous, ferocious beings when really they're just like a 400 pound human that just got strong arms. Rest in peace, Harambe. <laughs> Rest in peace. It's but pretty inspiring when one gorilla is a backing for a whole NFL team Super Bowl run. Isn't that, isn't <laughs> the Bengals, the Bengals literally use Harambe as inspiration for their Super Bowl run. Mm. And. Correct me if I'm wrong. They lost, <laughs> but they still made the Super Bowl. Did the Chicago Bears make the playoffs? No. These are these are fantastic arguments, Mason. <laughs> Thank you. Really I, swaying me here. I think, really, what it comes down to is, will that gorilla be able to use those fingers, those God-given fingers, both on his feet and on his hands? Like, will he be able to use those as we see, man is able to use them for everything, and we've been able to adapt and overcome any challenges because of our fingers. At the most basic level, let me, let me put it that way. At the most basic level, our fingers are the most useful tool that we have. Grizzlies don't have that. Sure, they've got knives for hands. Would you bring your fingers to a fist fight or a knife? That's a horrible question. <laughs> a knife. A knife. But yeah, then you ask the you. question, would you, you rather bring a knife or a gun to f- a knife fight? Then you say a gun. And why, what causes that gun to go off? Fingers. Fingers. I see. Um, but we're Fingers. taking, I don't know the size of a gorilla's brain, but gr- thinking about how much dumber they are than a human, I'm not saying large. Whoa, 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 whoa. That goes down into other topics that are for a different time. When we talk about intelligence of life. 
Intelligence okay. of and animal. And I think life. that's a podcast segment to have Father Mark on. Okay. <laughs> Getting back to what one. I was saying, you're equivalenting, uh, I don't even know what's the word, uh, a gorilla to a human. They don't know how to use their fingers like that. Um, the gorilla, like I said, the gorilla, what, they don't even know how to throw a pro- proper punch. They just know how to swing their I arms. I don't know. Last time I checked, that double fist slam down thing is pretty cool. That's not going to do anything to the bear. Yeah, well, um, he's not gonna, he can't get his fists above the bear. The bear's taller than him. Have you ever seen King Kong? We're not talking about an enormous <laughs> gorilla. It's also, it's not like a eight feet difference. It's a two foot difference. Yeah. How and, tall are you? We're also talking about the bears. And How tall are you? I'm 5'9". Put you against Jack Mulder, who's 6'3". Seven. How tall is he? 6'9"? 6'4". 6'4". There's a significant difference in height, but you could probably still take him on. This right? Is, I don't know last names. This is uh, missionary Jack. Focus missionary Jack. Jack. Yeah. Focus Jack. Well, I've been wrestling for many years, so I think that gives me a chance to take him to the ground. And, well, let me ask you this now. What do you use to help you leverage yourself? Gorillas don't know how to wrestle or box. Gorillas. I don't know. I've seen I them fight each other, I think they wrestle younger. each other plenty. Yeah, they just push on each other and swing at each other. What do bears do? They get up and they swipe with their big they knives. They push on each other and they nod <laughs> each other. But like the gor- the bear, when it swings, it's gonna cut it open. When the gorilla swings, it's just gonna hit the fat and hair, and it's not gonna. But do it. with four thousand pounds of force, boom! If they can bench that four thousand, imagine that push. Imagine 4, the, imagine the strength of a grizzly bear swipe. That's that's I not I, to be dramatic, but that's ripping the gorilla's face off. I see little duck push. It's on its back. Quick leverage. Split the skull. Yeah, I don't think a grizzly would nec- wouldn't even they wouldn't expect that either because they've if, never seen anything like that. If the gorilla could get the grizzly on its back, then it might gorillas be an opportunity. Now well, let's start at the origins, though. Gorillas have never seen grizzlies. Mm-hmm. How do we know they won't gang up on everybody watching? That is a question. They're in a cage. They're fine. But how big is this cage? How sturdy is it? We got to start thinking. Are we uh, are we going to cause a, a war against the apes and the grizzlies? Is that something we're willing to do? Yes. Yes. If it's a, a war of gorillas versus grizzlies, the grizzlies are winning. If no. You take all apes, gorillas, not apes. I I think there's more gorillas out there in the world than there are grizzlies. I don't know. I think grizzlies are an endangered species. So, if we said all bears. Okay, then let's <laughs> say all monkeys too. Then, all oh, all bears versus all monkeys. All monkeys are winning. All there monkeys are winning. Too many monkeys. There is too many monkeys. I know, but have you seen the biggest bears in the world? They are. I don't enormous. care about the biggest bears. I'm thinking of how many monkeys there, there are is on a this lot planet. Of Do Fair humans enough. count towards that? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, anyways, actually, maybe yeah. Now that I think there's a lot of monkeys. I think you know that's a good stopping point, Lorenzo. Thank you for joining us. We'd oh, love yeah. to, to possibly have you on again, and we can talk about a moose versus a grizzly bear potentially, or a moose versus a gorilla. Moose, moose is winning at all. But you know, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, this is three guys, four mics. If you guys have any suggestions on episodes that you'd like us to do or things to talk about, just let us know around campus and. Uh, yeah, Guillermo, do you got anything? Comment on the Instagram. We want to see your suggestions, what you guys think uh, of how we're doing so far. It's been real fun for us being here again. We're very sad that Johnny wasn't able to join us today, but uh, we'll be back next week. We'll hopefully have Father Mark on the show uh, just talking faith yep. and talking gorilla versus grizzly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, huge thanks to Daniel Sally for coming on today with us and letting us interview on him and giving us a little bit of insight on the basketball teams. And Lorenzo, you got anything to add? Grizzly gang out. Thank you, guys. It's been three guys, four mics. Thank you for listening.